Hello, so this is Sparkle's podcast, um, another episode of Sparkle's podcast. We have um, Ife Olua Yaniwura, and um, she's the author of Eating in His Strength. Her book is available on a digital library, and she's going to tell us more about this book and where we can find this book. Hi, Ife Olua. Nice to meet you. Hi. Hi, Tommy. How are you? I'm good, and you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell us more about you. So my name is Ifeluwa Yanewura. Yeah, Tomi has already introduced me. And I am a registered nurse. I live in the UK. And I live in a small town called Milton Keynes in the UK. And I also own a charity called Eating in His Strength, which is a faith-based Christian organization that supports and empowers survivors of sexual abuse and rape. We have different, um, I organize different things. One of the things that I do, I blog, I, I write, you know, I create content. And we have a small group of volunteers, about 30 people strength, where we, they help to organize our treaties, which is one of the major things that we do in indigenous strength on a yearly basis where we physically go out to rural areas across africa and asia and just educate and teach and support young people to talk about sex consent just providing them information about what they need to know just to prevent the occurrence of sexual abuse in rural areas where these people don't have access to the media or the internet. Okay. We also, for every community that we visit, we also provide the girls in the village sanitary towels and we also just introduce them to, we introduce them kind of like to leading like healthy sexual behaviors and healthy hygiene behaviors consent abstinence and if you're going to you know have sex always use a condom that's one of the things that we you know that we teach so yeah and like i said i hold master classes where i have a group of women coming every six weeks it's called the survivors work chat room where we just allow survivors of sexual abuse and rape to be open, vulnerable, to be honest about their past and about their own experiences of sexual abuse and rape. It's just mm-hmm. breaking the culture of silence generally around that topic and allowing women to hone their own story mm-hmm. and probably just find a path to healing and forgiveness because what we see nowadays is a lot of adults are having issues in their relationships, in their personal lives. And if you trace it all back, it's just because of this past of them being broken from a young child because somebody has touched them or raped them or sexually violated them when they were younger. So, that chat room gives people the opportunity to start 
a path uh -huh. to forgiving the abusers. I'm very big on forgiveness uh -huh. because I believe that for you to completely heal or for you to, you can, I don't think you can ever completely heal anyway, but for you to come to a place where that incidence is not holding you back okay. from being fruitful, from being purposeful, you have to heal to a certain degree. You have to heal to a certain extent. And I believe that one of the ways by which that can be achieved is by letting go. Okay. Letting go means forgiving your abusers. Thank so, you. You yeah. said so much without mentioning the fact that you're an author. So, <laughs> so, so thanks for this detailed um, information about you. And um, you seem to be keen more about uh, your charity. You said little about your nursing, which is which tells us also more about you, right? So <laughs> what? Hang on. Tell me. Hang on. Okay, so. I've always wanted to be a nurse okay. and it, it, when I eventually became a nurse, it, it makes sense. You know, it was like the, uh, it was like the missing piece of the puzzle fits right in because I started eating in a strength when I was in my second year okay. in nursing in uni. Okay. So, it makes perfect sense to me when I qualified as a nurse, why God wanted me to be a nurse. So I, yeah, I, nursing for me is also a huge part of my life and is a huge part of what I do for eating in strength because I'm able to bring my clinical knowledge hmm. to help survivors to find help i don't know if i'm making sense I'm yeah it does it, it was part of the um questions i i had in mind to ask next sorry right? let me not so, let me not no, no, it's fine i um i want to know like this charity is it a registered uk charity so this charity is not is well this charity is technically a registered uk charity and okay. I'm not, and I'll give you, and I'll tell you why. Registering a charity in UK is very, there are different stages to it and there are different ways to it. So my husband and I run a church organization anyways. Okay. And I am one of the directors in that church organization. So eating in strength is like a sub ham of that larger church organization. Does that? Does that yeah, make it does make sense. So it's not directly because I'm a director, I'm one of the directors in the church structure. Uh -huh. I'm on paper with HMRC and the charity, you know, the organization that we we why well, my show so short of words this afternoon. <laughs> that provides the registration and approval. Thank you. So HIHS is like a sub charity under our bigger church structure in a okay. way. However, I don't really do much in the UK in terms of I'm not providing. But that was why any... I asked the question. 
because I wanted to know, so why did you choose Africa and Asia as because, your location? Okay. okay, so the reason why I chose Africa and Asia is because in the West, in this part of the world, in the UK where I live, there's a lot of organizations that already support survivors mm -hmm. in this part of the world. Although, with that being said, I give a lot of support as well to women that are BAME, which is ethnic minorities, who might not necessarily fit in into the, um, who might not necessarily get fit into other available resources that they need from all these other charities in the UK. So, because I grew up in Africa, I know their language. I know how these So, works. what about Asia? Similar. <laughs> Asia and Africa. In fact, if I go into Asia's one, you will, in fact, is a whole lot of semantics. But Asia and Africa are very, very similar in their cultural values, in the way that rape is being dealt with, and in the way that rape is being viewed. That and there's not a lot going on in Asia, especially in India and Pakistani at the moment. Okay, so you go to Pakistan? I will. I haven't, okay. but I will go. Okay. But in the larger semantics of things, the three countries in our radar in Asia is India, Pakistani, and Bangladesh. We've already started some work in okay. india but we i'm still looking i need the manpower to break into pakistani and bangladesh but those are the three countries that is on our radar in asia very impressive so let's delve into your book and um at what point did you decide to write a book okay so in 2015 when i was on my maternity leave with my son I was restless, not restless in that sense, but I was kind of bored. I didn't write my book out of boredom, don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, I'm listening. <laughs> I did. You've read that book, Tony, you know, I did not write that book because I was bored, no. I, I haven't said so, right? <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop yawning dust, honestly. No, you're not really. So, <laughs> so I'm listening. <laughs> so in 2015, mm -hmm. and I was at home when I had my son, and I had, you know, I started blogging, and I never really considered myself much of a writer, to be honest. But I started blogging about my own experiences of sexual abuse and rape, and you know, it was so funny how somebody would read my blog and say hey if that was exactly what happened to me oh i agree with you well you know it was becoming it was more like and people would open up to me you know write me this long email open up to me tell me about their experiences and you know and at the end of the day they would say if please don't share this with anyone i've never shared this with any soul so that kind of and it was a very common pattern why were you blogging? Was it as a let's go? Was it blogging for me was a way to reach out to other survivors 
and it was a way to let out all the things that was in my own head as well. It was my it was part of my own process as well on my own journey to you know recovery as a survivor of sexual abuse and rape. So I needed to just write about my experiences and which was something like I said, which was not I discovered that I've always journaled, you know, but most of the things that I've journaled about would be just your goals and aspirations and your to-do list, you know. I never really saw writing your thoughts and emotions and stuff as a way of letting out, as a way of ranting, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, but then I, you know, I joined a group of ladies who then opened my eyes to you know, journaling, blogging as a way of actually journaling your thoughts and your everyday experiences, which was why I started journaling about my own experiences, what I think, all the things that I've done to heal, you know, just ways of coping and getting help where help is available and all that. So I started, you know, blogging and and then I started the Facebook page for eating in his strength, I started the Instagram page for eating in his strength, which then people would email me, people would write me, people would. So you were like building from, a community. Yeah, from all over the world, you know. From you know, oh God, I there was a time I had to shut down because I could not handle some of the stories anymore. It was really getting to me, you know. People coming, people writing about how. They had siblings who'd committed suicide because they could not handle the shame. You know, it was really horrible. Draining for you? It was. It is. It is still draining. But now, like I said, I have a way to cope with it now, and I have. So, how do you cope with it? By still writing about it, and by I pray for them. And I do for you personally, like. It doesn't cause you any stress, any trigger. It does. It does. It is okay. stressful reading about. Um, it is stressful. I'm not gonna lie. Reading about all of these stories because I feel like, how did we get here? You know, how did we become so? And and I think reading about it also helps me to know that I can't give up. That work actually needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I when I get really tired or frustrated or I'm kind of like just in my feelings about oh everything maybe I feel like I'm not getting I'm not doing enough or maybe I feel like it's really stressful working full time two children um a church handled <laughs> my friends and family. <laughs> my sisters and you know and the husband <laughs> you know so sometimes when i feel like maybe i should back up this thing because it's not when i then a message will just come in it's always a reminder for me that hmm, if you can't really give up if you can't really stop there's so much there's people that are actually waiting on you for help so that helps me to also keep going. It helps me to keep moving. It helps us to keep the train going. And I get support from my volunteers as well because I share these stories with them just as a way to also keep them going, just as a way to also just be, talk about it. Let out our feelings, you know, rant, insult the people that, you know, do 
whatever you, we need to do just to feel better, just to make ourselves not feel better, but just to not allow this situation so, to get as the remembering best of us. it does it give do you feel like it gives your um your oppressor whoever was your oppressor do you feel like it gives the person power or you feel remembering it yes and when you remember and it causes a trigger for you destabilizes you and all that you know, feel like it then are you talking about my own past yes, experiences yes, yes. okay for me I've, I've passed that stage okay remembering it for me i don't I don't have any ill thoughts towards them. Okay. I don't have any form of anger. In fact, I pray for them that they should find light, that they would find. I pray that I hope they, they're not doing it anymore mm-hmm. to other young people. You know, I would never publicly call out any of my abusers. One of them Why? is my friend on Facebook. Why? Because don't get me wrong. I will not, whoever decides to call out their abusers, that's their own way of coping, which is absolutely fine. We have different ways. And I believe that if you've done the crime, if justice comes, you do the time. But that's not my own approach to this. Because when we call out and then what happens? It's a cycle of unforgiveness, pain and... Um, bitterness and hunger. How? It's it is like we're going around in circles. So you, you, so you mean if you call out someone, it means you haven't forgiven the person. It, that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I need to. The thing is, so is that personally, or you think that is general? Like when people call out people, it, like it I comes said, from a place of unforgiveness. It like, does. Okay. Okay. It, it absolutely comes from a place. So that's my personal opinion, and I stand okay. by it. So you feel like if you've forgiven the person, it won't be something you would need to call the person out on. You don't have to call them out. So how does justice happen then? You can you can arrest someone without calling them out on social media. Social media okay. is not okay. You mean social media? Of, yeah, okay. that's what I mean. Okay. Social media okay. is not a court of law. Okay, I see what you mean. Drawing attention to yourself and to the situation. Mm. I'm not saying you can't draw attention to the situation. There Mm. are ways to doing it. Okay. So it's just the public thing, the social media thing. It's the social media thing. Not no, not you can you can arrest them. You can decide to do whatever. You can write them. You can do it. There's a lot of things that you can do without calling attention to because what happens with social media call outs is you don't know where that person is you don't know don't get me wrong but there are some call out that is needed like the one that busola did for Pastor Biodu, that was really <laughs> good that was needed <laughs> i chest that one hundred percent support that one hundred percent although I was tempted to call out certain people. Okay, so I'm I'm going to get to that, or maybe I should get to that even with forgiveness, because that's the next thing I I was going to ask you. So, like, how do you cope with, or how do you come about forgiveness? What does forgiveness do to you? How do you um teach forgiveness to other other people? And um, like, how do people know like the forgiveness? I rely on the power of the Holy Spirit a lot to do things so most of the decisions i make is not 
me making no. them i there's a lot of i ask a lot of questions before i do things and when i was tempted to do my own call out last year i was tempted to mention somebody's name so was that just it, social it is, media pressure it was due to social media so i then i was like if i if i hang on a second why are you doing this why what is your why and i could not i didn't have a why the Holy Spirit stopped me and I'm like, why do you want to call out this person? Because you want to join the band of Me Too movement? Really? Is that what we are doing now? So I had to stop myself in my chats because that is not what Eden in Strength is about. Eden in Strength is, we're big on forgiveness. We're big on, it is about you, not about that person. Okay, so tell us more about forgiveness. Okay, so... I'm sure you've read my book, Tommy, and I—I I don't know if this is a lot of not for me. I know. <laughs> I'm just, no, you haven't just... told us about this book, which you are still going to do. So I know, I please do. tell us more about forgiveness. So forgiveness, I have to. Okay, sorry. Can I? I have to go back to my book. Is that okay? I remember your book. Okay. Yeah, you can go back to your book. There's certain points that I want to make. Okay. That is actually in that book. So I'm going to read certain points out now. So a lot of, I think for people, a lot of people misunderstand the concept of forgiveness, actually. And in my book, I, I, I mentioned that Forgiveness, I defined what forgiveness is, which is to forgive somebody without feeling hunger, hurt, pain. It's like somebody has done something really heinous against you. And when you think about them, there's no form of... The human human tendency is for you to normally hate the person that has wronged you, isn't it? Yeah. But when you forgive them, you don't hate them. Does that make sense? You don't hate, you don't dislike them. You don't Yeah, it does. Really... I'm just trying to open it on my own end. So yeah. Maybe... You are letting go of any feeling of smashing their head against the wall that you have or shooting them or you know, you're letting go of all that. When you think about them, you're like, mm, God bless you. I hope that you know you're not hurting people anymore. I hope that you're not doing all these things. That's what comes to my own mind when I think about people that have sexually abused me growing up i just hope that god has arrested them and met them in a place and they are not actually abusing other children or other teenagers anymore i wrote it in my book i said forgiveness brings you peace forgiveness brings you purity forgiveness heals pains that we cannot see Forgiveness makes you sleep well at night. Forgiveness helps you to see people through the lens that Jesus himself sees them. Forgiveness helps you to treat people fairly and equally. Lastly, forgiveness helps you to love unconditionally. So if we decide to keep doing basketball, basketball, we're not going to get anywhere. Like I said earlier, it is just, we're going to be moving around in circles do you understand pedophilia itself is a psychological problem that if they can seek help 
it can be sorted. I think pedophiles should be in jail anyway. I don't think they should even be roaming the streets. That's a whole nother topic on its own. But I feel like they can get help if they seek for it. I I wanted to open your book because I have it on my profile on my own account on the library. Okay. So, so, so yeah. So in my book, I also said because I read a devotional. I did I I I did a bit of research. I did a lot of research. I researched on forgiveness for like almost two years before I published my book. And one of the things that I wanted to find that I eventually found was a devotional that was written by Paul Easterbrooks. He highlighted some of the things that forgiveness is and some of the things that forgiveness is not. So he said, forgiveness is not forgetting. Uh-huh. Which, is what, which is the mistake that people make. You will not forget that you were raped. You will not forget that your child was killed. You will not forget that somebody it is it is it doesn't make sense you won't forget there are certain it's like moving that, on from it I yes 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 but you can forgive them when you remember those incidences you don't have to cry you don't have to feel pain in fact when i remember some of my experiences now it brings me joy why? Because I'm making a difference in my world. I'm not happy that I was raped. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm grateful that I am able to be in the space that I am now. So how did you get to the space you're in through strength? It was a journey that I backed on years ago. Based on yeah, based on when I had when I was pregnant with my daughter, I I knew that. I needed to. I knew I needed more. So your son is, is the first child or no, my, my daughter is my first child. So you had your daughter, you were thinking about this journey. Then when you no, had I, the the person I was at the time, I knew that I could not bring another human being into that space. I was broken, I was I was I was I was a different person. It was, I was all over the place. I knew I needed something to change. And that was how I started my own journey. I went for counseling. I decided to get help to sort my life. And but how was, did this, was, like, how did this affect your marriage in any way? It did. Okay. It did affect my marriage terribly. So how did you cope? I would have been, I would be married for 11 years in May. I never knew we could make it this long. But God has been faithful. So getting a good support system. Yes, my husband yeah. is absolutely amazing man. I mean, he's I I would not have been able to do this without him. So it's important for people to like surround themselves with absolutely. the right people, the good support system. Absolutely. I would not advise anybody to get married without healing first. Mm. Not necessarily ill, but at least be on that journey of self-discovery. It was a mistake I made. I would never encourage anybody to do it. It's not worth it because you're going to be hurting and bleeding on the people that had nothing to do with what happened to you. 
and it's not fair on them. That's why I said it's a cycle of pain and anger. You will bleed and hurt people that had nothing to do with your own mess. Mm. Word. <laughs> yeah, no serious. You're sounding like we're just a big. <laughs> so tell us more about how um how long it took you to write it. Your experience writing it, My, publishing it, like getting said, it out there. Okay, so writing the book was not a was not really an issue. Okay. I because I don't really blogged about it. Most of the things in the book were on your blog blog posts that I'd written for almost two years. So what I did was it was just a matter of editing, adding and subtracting, you know, putting in things. Uh-huh. So and then I started and I contacted an editor. In fact, I still contacted my editor this this um this morning, yesterday morning to say we need to rewrite this book because I found some things in that I'm like, what? This was me reading it out loud to myself and I was like, ah, I didn't write that. <laughs> so I yeah, so I'm still gonna redo this book and republish it. So it's an ongoing process I've not finished. <laughs> It's just to let you know that I've not really finished this book. So, yeah, it, it took me, yeah, so it was, it was just about working with an editor. I, and the funny thing is I worked with two editors just because I wanted to be sure. I'm not very good at proofreading. If I'm not good, I don't proofread at all. I don't know how to proofread, you know. So I needed to work with somebody who could do that, excel, who I could trust. So I think for me, the, one of the processes when you're writing a book is making sure that you have a fan. Editing is the most important part of writing a book. So editing it. And what I did, I published my book through Amazon. Okay. It is like one of the cheapest and one of the easiest ways to publish books nowadays. I, well, if you are a big shot like Michelle Obama, you can, you know, go and do publishing. People, you can publish it if you have the funds, if you have the financial resources, you can go to publishing houses because they, it comes with publicity as well. They would publish a book, they will publicize it, and they will push your book out there. But mm-hmm. if you're looking for cheap way to do it, like me, I went to Amazon to publish. So you bought it from there. Yes. Okay. So, and I got somebody who, because publishing in Amazon also is not a walk in the park. I have no idea how to do it. I haven't, and I could not be bothered. So I got somebody who who had the expertise in publishing books on Amazon and I paid them to get the work done. So they published it, we saw it, we worked together as a team and yeah. So how has like um, sales been? We've sold over 300 copies already. 
since we published the book a year ago. That's great. And it's not. <laughs> it's not. Okay, you're aiming for like 10,000. You know, there are some people who still have their books since they published it. They probably not even sold up to 10. That's not, that's not me. So, but okay, looking at your goal, it might be minus, but still, I like yeah. you, the mouse yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, of course, I want, it, I want to do more with the book because. I believe that that book is a powerful book. It came from a place of purpose. It came from a place of pain. When I was writing dedication, I was stuck on that for like almost a month. I couldn't write it because I needed to write about my dad. And I just felt really emotional. And I just stopped. I just stopped. I just shut down. And I, yeah, it came with a lot of, Sorry, thinking of talking about it now, I still feel really, I still feel really emotional. But I, I'm always emotional when I'm talking about about my dad, because my dad is one of the most <clears throat> amazing men that I've ever met in my life, and I just wished he was here today to see how beautiful, how groomed, how purposeful. His little girl is, and so writing a dedication to him in the book, acknowledging him, I couldn't. It was so funny. Acknowledging him in the book took only about maybe five or six lines, and I could not do it. I literally stopped every time I wanted to do it. In fact, my editor kept saying, "If I bore you, I cannot write this for you. You have to write it." in your own words i was like i can't i can't do it so yeah so that's i think for me that was one of the that was one of the most emotional moments and also um before i yeah so i i wrote that book i finished writing that book originally in 2016 but i did not publish it until 20 19 so it took me three years to actually publish that book and i'll tell you why my mom has never heard about all the things that i highlighted in that book and i knew that it wasn't fair on her to now see me come on facebook and advertise book and she will now read the book and she'll not be like, hey. <laughs> so I had to make sure that I had a conversation with her first before publishing the book. So I didn't get the opportunity to see her until 2018, April, when I traveled home to Nigeria. So when I did, we had a conversation, we talked about it. And, um, you know, I didn't really get her blessings or anything, whether she wanted me to say it or not. I was going to do it anyway. So it wasn't about getting her blessings. It was about having a conversation with her and knowing what to expect when she, when she sees the book. So it was quite an emotional moment for both of us at the time. And... That was all I needed to get the book going. So when that was done, 
I then just started putting walks into motion to make sure that for my birthday in 2019, the book was ready to be published, which was exactly what we achieved. So what would you count as strengths for you that have helped you this far? And um, helped you also in writing your book, publishing it, getting it sold, doing your charity work, going to the places you desire to go to. So, what have the what are the things that have counted as strength? I think having the right support system is very very key. You know, speaking to the right people, researching, doing your own homework, not being lazy about it is very very important. I had friends who had published books so it was quite easy to ask them questions and they were all very very keen and very very happy to help i kept reading in fact there was a time if you opened my browser all you saw was how to publish a book how to research how to do this how to edit out it was you know just research you can never go wrong with research and one of the ways where i found you know strength also is having the right people i think i a lot of the time i find my strength in god you know let me not just let me not paint let me not be um let me be honest i find a lot of my strength comes from you know from god you know i constantly and that is where we got it in strength from you know just constantly exchanging your own weaknesses we who are we hmm? that we where we got it in the strength from sorry you said that was where we we yes got. yes that was where we got it in the eating in the strength from you know just constantly yeah, but you only, only you authored the book so who is we <laughs> no i mean myself and the team okay that's when the sense of the charity now okay the charity i mean so it's just constantly so was the book before the charity charity the charity was i started the charity before i started the book before I wrote oh, okay the book. copy the book is just um let me say that was the perfect title for the book okay. because that was the um i didn't name the book after the charity no i didn't it was just i could not find any other title for that book except for so that was a, that was a that? title that you know that god gave me and i just had to, and that was why if you notice in bracket there's a subtitle which is memoirs of a sexual abuse of bible yeah. just so people don't mix the two up you know yeah I, the book is not named after the charity it's just a perfect if the charity was not named it in the strength the book would still have been quoted in the strength so which is you know just constantly hiding my own weaknesses in his own strength and his strength would always power you on his strength would always give you make you want to slay any form of doubt any form of fear any form of emotions that you might be having you know his strength is an embodiment of truth his strength gives you a sense of clarity and a sense of direction and a sense of purpose so it, i get my strength from god 
And that also helps me to, since I've been on this journey, choose the right people in my own corner, you know, choose the right kind of friends, you know, choose. I've never had issues. I can say in the last six years, I've never had the least of my problems is the relationships in my life. There's, I don't have drama. I don't have friendship. You know, when I see people on Instagram or Facebook, I'm like, I don't get it. You can't relate. I can't relate to <laughs> that exactly. I'm like, where do you people get? How do you get friends like this? I don't, because so you're purposeful with the friendship you. Yes, yes. You know, I come into a relationship to add value anyway to you so it is not always you know you we pardon so it's mutual yes if i had if if i decide to have friendship with somebody i it's always i it's i'm intentional about it i'm very aware of what i'm expected to be which is a good friend and that's exactly what i try to be you know with the help of god and you know just knowing what is expected of you so it kind of like helps me to choose the right people who would also give me the support that i also need so even if i need to run if i need to you know, cry or even I know they're right people to go and they always give me the support that I need. My Thank siblings you. as well, you know, okay. my are also super supportive. My sister does a lot of work with with the charity and you know, is she in the UK too or she's no, I'm the only one who lives in the UK. Okay. All of my siblings lives in Nigeria. So I to be honest, without my sister, I don't know where, I don't know how we would have I don't know how we would have done it a lot of the things that we've achieved in Nigeria so far and in Ghana and in other places I don't know how we would have been able to achieve those things and a massive shout out to one of my very good friends her name is Toluloko Yuko I'm doing your shout out. I'm shouting out to Tolu. Thank you. Tolope is my sister. Actually, she's my. If I used to tease her that she's literally stolen my sisters from me because she literally, she's like best friends with my sisters. So they're always together. I'm like, she's my sister. What own? Like, shush, go away. So she's also she works with my sister as well, where they just make things happen. When that when I say jump they literally say how high. So I think, and I prayerfully chose them. They didn't come from just being smart. It didn't come from being intelligent. It, didn't, it has nothing to do with intellect or it came from a place of prayer. One of the things I always constantly ask God is to, I don't, I don't care about having a hundred people in my team a 1,000, I, if I have three or four people that have the art to do the work yeah. and they will get the job done, that's all I need. And at the moment, all of our volunteers are like that. When I say the word, they just run with it. And I am, honestly, I am very, very, very grateful to all of my volunteers 
if you're listening to this podcast massive shout out to you guys you guys are the most beautiful set of people in the world because these guys literally volunteer their free time to help out with the charity so yeah i'm just grateful for having these people in my corner they see the vision they bought into it and they just roll with it so your life is a summary of eating in its strength it is yeah so thank you so any um final words to listeners um youth teenagers younger people like everyone in general yeah generally i'm just gonna say that i know that we live in a broken world we live in a broken system we live in a world that is filled with pain and you know all sorts of evil i want you to know that god god's original intention for us as human beings is not to have all this pain all these horrible things happen to us but if you're listening to me and you're going through any kind of pain any kind of emotional roller coasters if you're going through if you're going through any kind of storm i want you to know that strength is available for you if you harness it if you ask for it if you if you depend on him he will provide you the tools and the grace and the power to go through that storm and god has a way of turning a mess it has a way of turning your storm it has a way of making something beautiful out of a really messy situation there's a message that it always takes out of every stormy paths of life so if you're listening to me i want you to know that there's a community out there that you have you just have to find it that can provide you with the right support that you need and if god has laid it on your heart to write that book or to open that business or to start a podcast or to just do it you know do it do it afraid do it with his backing do it with just do it you know you'll be surprised how much you can learn you'll be surprised how much lives that you will touch you will you'll be surprised how much value that you can have to people just by saying yes to these things just like told me as well who started TCLI library, you know, I'm sure it started from her wanting to feel a need. And she did it. She started it, you know. So please, if you're listening to me, just do it. Do it. That's all I have to say. Go for it. Thank you so much, Ife. Um, thanks for honoring us and sharing your experience with us. It was nice having you here. But this brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you.